Now, we're going to be talking about a lot of things coming up. Uh, as a matter of fact, I talked about a little bit of them this morning. That, that kind of gets me stirred a little bit when I talk about what God wants me to do as an assignment uh, that's coming up uh, this year. This word vision is what I'm dealing with today. And the reason why I'm dealing with, I gave you some other words that we're going to be dealing with in this ministry. Number one was vision. We're talking about vision today, the heavenly vision. And that's what we're going to talk about because that's our vision. See, if I'm going to be following the Lord, I got to follow his vision. Okay? So here we, we're going to see that in the word. Uh, he gave Paul his vision, open eyes of the blind, turn them from darkness to light, turn them from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith. And Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. All right? So that's what we want to do today is preach Paul's vision because that is how we live. Let me say it again. I'm preaching Paul's vision because that's how we live. Paul's vision is to us through faith. So when I preach Christ crucified, I preach his death, burial, and resurrection. When I preach what we're going to be going on, one of the things we're going to be talking about soon is election. That's what Paul taught. Election. Election has to do with predestination and has to do with how God chose you. So I'm going to be teaching on that. Then I'm going to go to the next part. I'm giving vision. Then I'm going to do election. And then I'm going to go to justification. I'm going to be teaching on how he justified us. And then the next thing he did is sanctification. See, this is the process. Sanctification. This is your everyday life because sanctification is going to bring in this place the glory of God. Sanctification is going to bring in this place the presence of the Lord. See, if you don't have the presence of your lot, the presence of the Lord in your life, then that means you have, I need to preach to you sanctification. All right? There's nothing wrong with you. You just got to get sanctified. Hallelujah. All right? Now, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's not just something to do. It's a lifestyle. And then the next thing we're going to talk about is glorification because that's preparing you, uh, making sure you're ready for the Lord. All right? So we got some work to do. That's what we got going on. I thought I would share that because I'm teaching you on vision, and that was Paul's vision that God gave him from start to finish, okay? Now, every week you come in here, that is where I'm working on in your life. So if I see some of those areas, those areas, vision, uh, you want to name them out to me? Uh, no, I gave you five things that I'm going to be talking about this year. And I started out with vision. I went to election, which is predestination and chosen. Then I went to justification. I went to sanctification. I went to glorification. I said to you, when I come in here to minister the word of God, I will be in one of these areas. So the way I minister in these areas is how the Lord is seeing how we are growing in the church. So if he sees something like, for example, Paul talked to the church at Corinth. And he saw this man with his father's wife in the church. So what did he need to preach on the church? Sanctification. See, you got you to hear what I'm saying. Sanctification is how you live your life. See, so you have to understand everything that Paul was doing. So if you see people that he don't think they say, what do I need to talk about? Justification. You got to hear what he, you got to know what everything means. Justified is how you got saved. You were justified by faith. 
All right, that's how you was made saved. So that's why when you, Paul put the first book of Romans first, because that's how he had to do it, to get the people saved. All right, that, then he went back to Ephesians because he wanted them to know about the election, predestination, and chosen. See, everything that he taught is what we want to give you in this house. Come on, thank God for all the word that God got for you. God got a lot of word for you in this house. All right, you just got to come get it. All right, all right. All right, I'm trying to get my stuff together there. All right, now let's go to, to the word vision, the heavenly vision. One more time, say it. The heavenly vision. Now, we want to do this morning. I'm not going to be able to go over all the things I talked to you this morning on the heavenly vision, but I'm going to give you a definition of vision. I gave you five different things. Vision, definition is divine revelation. And that's what the new covenant is, what we teach here is divine revelation. And then we also taught you the next thing was divine instructions. See, that's what it is. The word instruct has a positive meaning, and that's it's a spiritual meaning to instruct, okay? And that's, uh, that is to teach, okay? That's what we're going to do, teach you. And then we're going to give you divine directions because when you have grace, the grace of God in your life directs you, give you directions, all right? That's the wisdom of God in your life. You don't get the wrong t- uh, words from people. Then you're going to have the New Testament. That's all vision. The New Testament is divine revelation. is also vision. And I summed it up as what God wants you to do. What do God want us to do? That's what vision is. What do God want us to know? What do God want us to do? How does he want us, how does he want to live? How do we supposed to, we are followers, we are followers of Christ. Let me show you that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. Watch what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. You have to know when you're going to a church and you are listening to their teachings, you are following that ministry by what he's teaching. So you go to a church and a man taught on who left the dogs out, you're going to sit around and say, well, what am I doing here? You can't follow how you left the dogs out, can you? All right. But my point is, that's what I mean. You just can't, you got all kinds of stuff that people are talking about, and it had nothing to do with vision. You can't have, you just can't sit on a ministry telling you about somebody, about somebody, and you don't need them people and all that. See, all that kind of stuff, that had nothing to do with vision. Vision is the word from the Lord. All right, my job is to teach you vision. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 1. Be followers of me, the Bible said. Be followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. All right, so your job is to follow me as I follow Christ. This is what Paul said. But how are you going to do that if I don't follow Paul? So let's go to, while you're in 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, Romans chapter 11. Let's go to Romans chapter 11. I showed you this verse this morning. Romans chapter number 11. And there's a verse there uh, that Paul reminds us his ministry. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 13. So you have to know when you go sit in a ministry, you need to ask yourself, why am I here? Does uh, 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 does this ministry have a vision? Am I able to find out what his vision is? What he preaches is his vision. That's what you got to understand. If a person not preaching the word, what are you supposed to know? He doesn't have a vision. 
But if he's preaching just Jesus ministry, Jesus ministry, and Jesus ministry, you got to know that's his vision. And that's not yours. Because Jesus did not give you vision. You only got vision through the Apostle Paul. All right. Now, that's why I read to you Acts chapter 26, what he told him to do. Now, in here in Romans chapter 11, verse number 13, he says, For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am. Now, remember, he says, I, those uh, words are single. It's not a we. I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I I'm waiting on the, the word to come on the screen is what I be waiting on. So if you see me dragging around, I be waiting for the, I, I don't want to just say it, I want it on the screen. I speak to you Gentile in as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify my office. Can't you see the I, 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 I? He's letting you know I'm your apostle. All right, so if Paul is my apostle, then I got to wonder if I go to a church that's in a church that's apostle over the church, I got to find out, well, if Paul, my apostle, then let me move on. You'll catch on. All right. Now, but Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles, okay? There's not another apostle to the Gentiles. All right. I'm not here to put people down. You can be what you want to be. But the key is between you and the Lord. All right. But Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Otherwise, that's who we are following. Now, when you got down to uh, Jesus' 12 disciples, Israel followed those 12 disciples. And so you have to understand, I gave you Matthew 26, 28 this morning, and I gave you the Gospels. I didn't go to Mark, but I'm going to go to Mark now. Let's go to Mark. Uh, yeah, let's go to the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 16. I'm showing you visions. I've got a lot to give you, but i got to go this way to give it to you. Let's go back to the Gospel of St. Mark. See, when you got, I gave you Matthew in the first tape this morning, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. He told Israel to go ye therefore on all nations. Now, we gave you Matthew 10, 23. The nations were the church. I'm not the church, but Israel. So most time when people hear the saying, go into all the world, they think God telling them to go into all the world literally. There wasn't no United States. So what they do is they want to send money to Africa because they know Africa was doing the same time Jesus was. Now, how, how do you know that? Because where's Africa? See, y'all went to school, man, college got all them degrees, but y'all just got to note this you know that Africa is in, Egypt is in Africa. Don't y'all know Egypt is in Africa? Uh, that's in history class, I think. Uh, what class? Geography. We had that, didn't we? Right. Praise the Lord. All right, Africa is, uh, Africa, Egypt is in Africa. So when, when you had uh, Moses, went into Egypt. Israel was in Egypt. They kept him in captivity. You was in Africa. All right. So you got to read your Bible. That's all I'm saying. I already saw that. I, don't I already know. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Now let's go to work. We just gave you the Gospel of St. Matthew. Let's look at, let's look at the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, verse 23. Let's do that first. 
so we understand you look good, brother. I'm going to go to Mark, but I want to go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 23 first to show them uh, that when he said go into all the world, where was he talking about? See, you got to understand when God said go therefore in all the world, he's not talking about the United States. He's not talking to people in the United States sending folk to Africa. That ain't what he's talking about. He was talking to Israel. All right, that's what I want to show you. Now, this morning, I'm going to take my time and do this. Go to verse 1. Follow me on the screen. If you're on the screen, you got to follow me on the screen. Verse 1. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Okay, that's what we want. All right, there we go. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, See, you got to understand, he gave them power. Now, let's go down and read verse number five. These 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, go not in the way of the Gentiles. So he could not be telling you to tell them to go to the Gentiles. Right there, he told them not to go. So the nation can't be Gentile that he's talking about. And in the way of Samaria, in or not. Then he said, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Did everybody see that? Come on, help me out one time. All right. Now let's go to verse number 16. See, he's sending them. He's telling them where to go. That's what you understand. That's what vision is. Do you know how many people have died in other countries being missionaries? Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of woods. Be ye therefore wise as serpent and harmless as doves. All right. Now let's go to verse number 23. And watch what he says. But when you, but when they persecute you, watch this, in this city, flee into another city. For verily I say to you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. So you got people still saying, well, the Lord ain't come yet. You reading the wrong the wrong part. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You need to be reading what Paul teaches. See, you still, Paul ministry is finished. See, they're still teaching you, Matthew, the coming of the Lord. You've got to understand what you're being taught. All right. Now, let's go to Matthew. Now, this verse just got through saying, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Otherwise, before I come back, you, I'm going to come back before you finish going to all these cities. Now, watch this. In Matthew 16, 26 through 28. Matter of fact, let's go to Matthew 16, 27, 28. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. I'm sorry, 27, 28. See, if you read the Bible, you would know. In verse number 27, Matthew 16, 27. Because they, they were supposed to go preach the gospel. Jesus said, I'll be back from heaven before you do. Before you finish. Okay, watch this. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his holy angels... And then he shall reward every man according to his work. Well, what work? Go you therefore in all the word of preach the gospel. I reward you when you get back. Or when I get back. Verse 28. Verily I say to you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man come in his kingdom. Wow. And we still hear people say he hasn't come yet. All right. But that's what ministry you are listening to. All right, now let's go to the Gospel of St. Mark. And we want to go to the last chapter, which is chapter 16. Now I gave you Matthew chapter 28. Why people baptize in the church? 
Let me go back to Matthew 1, 28, because I got to give you that verse first, and then we're going to go to Mark. I'm not going to read it all, because you got two visions going on. You got some churches say we're only supposed to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Some say we baptize in the name of Jesus. See, both are wrong, because they're following the wrong vision. The Lord didn't tell us that. He told Paul what to tell us. All right, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 16. Now, this is what God told Israel. He told his 12 disciples, this is what you do. Here we go. Then the 11 disciples went away in the Galilee. 11 disciples, yeah, one of them hung himself. Remember Judas? All right. They went what Jesus had appointed them. And because remember, you at the end of Matthew, Jesus already rose from the dead. So in verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake to them. See, them. This is what he said to them. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Well, I just showed you Matthew chapter number 10, verse 23. Who was he supposed, who he supposed to teach? See, he already told them one time. He just telling them again. Teach all nations. He's talking about the citizens of Israel. All right. Then he says, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus did tell them that. So you got some churches, they baptized like I was in the church I was doing. I was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost because I didn't know I did what Jesus told me. I thought Jesus wasn't talking to me. Earl, Jesus wasn't talking to you. All right. All right. Then verse number 20. Watch this. Teaching them to observe. Watch what they have to observe. All things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, I gave you that this morning. I'm not going back. That's 1 John chapter number 3, verse 23 and 24. You can look that up yourself later. All right. Because they had to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. That's what they had to preach. All right. Now, Let's go to the gospel of St. Mark. Remember, he told them to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, let's go to the Mark, the gospel of Mark. And this is where the division come in the church at. They're trying to keep the Old Testament or think Jesus talking to them. Jesus not talking to us. That's why you have the apostle Paul. People don't want Paul. They want Jesus. And Jesus said, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, I don't want to follow you, Paul. I want to follow Christ. You know what? You would have been the same person lost and died in the wilderness with Moses. You know why? God gave, I'm going to show you, God gave Moses a vision and the people had to follow Moses. If they didn't follow Moses, they did not get to the promised land. You know why? They did not know how to get there. So they had to follow Moses. All of them didn't follow Moses. You know what happened to them? They died in the wilderness. See, this is why people's lives are messed up. It's because of who they're following. All right, here we go. The Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 16. Now, I ask you a question. You're going to hear it here. In verse number 14. Mark 16, 14. Jesus speaking. After he appealed to the eleven, remember it's not but eleven, one hung himself, Judas. And as he sat at me and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said to them, go ye into all the world. Now we know where they had to go now, right? Into all Israel. 
and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized. Now, this is what people, and I won't call the nomination, but this is why they have, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. So, you, baptizing, you shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So, he did tell them that. Go into all the world, but he was talking to the 11 disciples. He that believeth and is baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Shall be saved. Shall. Shall. See, that you wasn't saved, you shall be. That's why I told you there are people who teach Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. We used to teach it here. Their doctrine is Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall, would you put it on the screen? When I say a scripture, I want it on the screen because I want the people who are listening to us to see that pastor know what he's talking about. I quote a lot of scripture, but I want to show them. See, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. We put the scripture on, on, on here so when you watch the podcast, you will see the scripture. See, I don't want you to believe me. I want you to believe God. See, so Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, read it with me. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and what? Believe in thine heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Thou, can you see, shall be saved as future tense? And that's still being preached today. What can you tell a man that just lost his loved one? And you quote that scripture at every funeral. That's what they read at every funeral. Shall be saved. And pass you our paper. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And people never get it. The words say you shall be. Now you just die, lost somebody, and they shall be saved. Okay. Okay, shall. You can't, see, that's why some people teach you purgatory. And you got to understand what purgatory is all about. See, I never forget what I'm about to hear. See, you got to know what purgatory is about. Most people don't know what purgatory is about. Purgatory is for people was not good enough to go to heaven, but they was too good to go to hell. I I'm serious. If y'all ever been, a, you've been in a, a church like that, you know that's what they teach you, purgatory. They are too good, to, they're too good to go to hell, but they're not good enough to go to heaven. So they go to purgatory. Purgatory is so you can purge them. You can, see, it's purgatory. You got to, they got to get purged. Okay. You get purged in Tory. And when you get purged enough, See, that's, see, a lot of y'all don't know when you go to church, you, you don't even look at the word. That's why you got a phone. You got a, a brand new phone, never use it. And you can just hit Google and say, Google, what's purgatory? See, that's for people who's not good enough to go to heaven, but they're not bad enough to go to hell. So what are we going to put them folks? <laughs> see, y'all don't know a whole lot of stuff in religion, tradition, of men. All right? So thank, come on, thank God, you, thank God you're getting the word. All right, thank God you're getting the word. All right, now here, here he said, he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, watch the next verse. We just read to you Mark chapter 16, verse 16. 
But here in verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, I gave you the power. I'm telling you what the power is. I thought you'd catch on. In my name, they shall what? Cast out devils. In other, other gospel, they didn't tell you that. They said, when they sent him out, they said, you're going to cast out devils. But he's telling you how you're going to do it in this chapter. In my name, you shall cast out devils. You speak with new tongues. See, you're going to do all in your name. So that's what you got to understand. That's why that, that was there. And here's the verse 18. They shall take up serpents. This is why some people brought snakes to church. And not playing. You want to Google, you think I'm lying. If you Google, they'll show you the people got the snakes at church. And they got a basket all around the where you're preaching full of snakes. And they take the snakes out and they say, God told us. See, y'all ain't believing the word. God told us to take up serpents. And he reached over. How many have seen this before? Some of y'all watch TV. Some of y'all don't watch nothing. Y'all watch stuff that's already dead and everybody on that dead. How you know they're dead? They're all black and white. All right. But if you'll go to Google this and put snakes in church, that's all you have to put on there. And you will see them showing the preacher preaching and he's going to walk back, get one of them snakes out that thing and going to bring it out there to you just say, God says, in his name, you will take up serpents and you're going to run. He said, I told you wasn't saved. See, you got to understand how much stuff is going on. I'm trying to, you, you just, you just don't know. All right, but you got to, you got to, you got to know. See, if you don't know, you can't help anybody else. All right. Now, this is what the Lord did tell them. Verse 18, they shall in my name, see, they shall take up serpents. And here's another guy, he drank some stuff and killed himself. You see it on TV? He was sick of the dog. Because he read. Do y'all ever, ever study stuff? Watch this. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. He said, not going to hurt. So he just drank the stuff. And they took him on to the hospital. Isn't that something? You know, you, did anybody know probably what they gave him? Now, I told you this in this church, you ought to know. What you give a person if they have, have poison themselves? You said it over here. Charcoal. I thought I told you that in here. I, my wife would tell you, I, I, I ordered off, off Amazon charcoal, four or five bottles, and the number of pills. See, the key is charcoal costs you the vomit to poison up. That's what they give you. That's a doctor back there. You don't know nothing about that? Shaking the head. <laughs> don't bother me, Reverend. All right. Don't put the screen. Don't put the TV on it now. I just. All right. But my point is charcoal is, that's what's on the thing. That's what they give the people when they have overdose on poison because they got to make it come back up. So they give them charcoal. Now, I'm not talking about no made up stuff. I'm talking about real stuff. And it makes them vomit it up. All right, I see the doctor. I got to talk to the nurse back there. She may tell me, no, we don't do that no more, Reverend. So I got to straighten me, straighten me out there, sister. All right. Huh? The, huh? It, yeah, the charcoal absorbs the poison. Yeah. All right. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. 
If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. It, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So just, that was that was their ministry. And the Bible said, and so then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up to heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached, watch this, everywhere. I said they did go forth and preach everywhere. Well, my point is, if, the, if they did that, where did they go? They go, went to Israel. But so people take that today and told us we got to go. And all the word of preaching, he never told us. The Bible said they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with shine following. Somebody said they went forth. Yeah, they went forth. Now, the other person that, that went forth and did the same thing, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. Let's go there quickly. Let's go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. We're just going to be able to look at two verses, that verse 6 and 23. I got a lot of word and I got to get to it before this hour is up. Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. And verse 23. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 6. When you get this, say amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. There it is. Now, Paul said in verse 5. Let me go back to verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you've heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. You've heard in the word of the truth of the gospel. Let me tell you why I got I to do a teaching on glorification. If we're going to go there. We're not going to go there now. We got a long list before we get to glorification. But I want to do that because... The strongest teaching that I've heard on glorification is God's going to raise us from the dead. You hear this all the time at funerals. He's going to raise us from the dead and we're going to leave here to God clean up the earth. And then we're all going to come back here in our glorified flesh bodies. I got to teach that because that's something that's, that most of the churches believe. But my point is this here. Where are you going to live? Why are you coming back here? You're going you to live in your own old house, the house you you get it. So you catch up. When you really hear, you're going to come back here in a glorified body and you're going to move in, I'm going to move in a new house because all the other folk dead. So I want that mansion out there. Uh. But we're going to find out. We're going we're gonna to teach because that's what a lot of people believe. How many have heard that? Some of y'all just too bold. The more you stick your hand up. I'm just trying to help them. A lot of people believe that's why they tell you at funerals that, that he's going to be raised from the dead. They're going to get their reward, all that kind of stuff. And then when the Lord comes, that's why they don't believe he came yet. Then we're going to be caught up together with the Lord to meet the Lord there. And then after the Lord cleaned the earth off, all them folks that didn't want him. We, we got saved now. We, everybody else don't want All them folks don't want it. And then when the Lord comes, he's going to get us up out the ground if we're gone and going to give us a glorified body. And then he's going to take us all up and clean off the earth so he can get all rid of all these folks who don't want it. And then we all going to come back here and live. I want that big old house over there because I got everlasting life now. But what about the house? The house going to die. The house going to rot up. No, rot up, rot down. All right, so Colossians chapter 1. See, that's why you see why I got a piece of glorification? Because there's a lot of people believe that. And I mean a lot of folks. 
Colossians 1 and verse number 6 says, which is come for you. He's talking about uh, the hope, of, the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringing forth fruit as it does also in you, whilst there since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Now let's go to verse 23 of that same chapter, because Paul is going to tell you that he went everywhere and preached the gospel. So these things you should mark in your Bible. Verse number 23, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature, which was preached, which was preached to every creature, which is under heaven, whereby Paul had made a minister. So it did happen in all Israel. And once he got the chapter 20 in the book of Acts, he told you that he has finished. Matter of fact, 2 Timothy, I taught that I have finished my course. So you got to understand he wasn't talking about them coming to America. You, you, you got movie coming to America, but it wasn't. Wow, man. You fell for that, man. All right. Now, now let's go and show you the vision. Let's go to Hebrew chapter 12. Hebrew chapter 12. Remember, I'm showing you the heavenly vision. Hebrew chapter 12. I'm going to do this and I'm going to go back to chapter 1. I'm showing you wherever God, when God spoke to people through Moses or through Jesus or through Paul, it was vision. And vision is how God gave us directions, instructions, and uh, divine revelation. Thank you for helping me out. All right, now let's go to Hebrew chapter 12. We're going to start verse 22. Now, this is what he told them once they got saved. This is what they come to. Now, I know you got people telling you we're going to come back here and live, but uh, I think you're going to have to leave me. I'm going to have to wave on you on that one. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you are come. Are you there? Read. But you are come where? To Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God. You are come. You are come to heavenly Jerusalem. Now, my point is, if we're going to heavenly Jerusalem, then why we need to come back here to earthly Jerusalem? Now, that's what they're telling you. You're going to come back here uh, to, to Jerusalem. I, I don't know. I watched this on TV so many years. I know good and well you had to see this. It was the only TV broadcast we had around here. And all they said, we're going to come. They would go in and, and stand up over Jerusalem and say, this is where we're coming back to. How many, how many know I'm not lying? Now, y'all got to bail me out now, right? How many of somebody? We're coming back to Jerusalem because that's where the Lord coming back to. That means we're all going to move to Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, they start taking up money for all the people in Russia. Come on now, y'all don't remember none of this stuff? To bring all the Jews back to Jerusalem. What, what y'all been watching? Y'all watch the same TV I watch, praise God. And they had this plane called something. They had it. They named it something. What was it? Samaritan? Yeah. And they had a, this plane named Samaritan that they were bringing all these Jews back to the Jerusalem because the Lord was coming soon. They've been looking for the ashes of the red heifer. Y'all just hear all this stuff going on. But see, it ain't no more gimmicks. Because the Lord coming soon, you're going to, so you, 
you know, you need to call her to help us out. I'm telling you, boy, them people turn that money over, turn it right on over there. All right. Now, in Hebrew chapter 12, we want to look at, I just started out the verse number 22 again. But you are coming to Mount Zion. You're not coming if you're already in Christ. You already come to Mount Zion. You already come to the city of the living God. You come to the heaven of Jerusalem. You'll come to an innumerable company of angels. That's why you got to understand angels are everywhere around us. To the general assembly to the church of the firstborn, which is written in heaven, which is written in heaven. You'll come to God. You'll come to the judge of all. You'll come to the spirits of just being made perfect. You'll come to Jesus. I know people tell you you're going, but that means you're going, you ain't saved. You're saved, you've already come. You'll come to Jesus, the mediator of the New Testament, the New Covenant. You'll come to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better thing than that of Abel. Now, here's what I want to get to. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. See, Paul was talking to Hebrews. He said, look, you got to understand, I'm representing Jesus Christ. My vision is heavenly. So refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape, you're talking about under Moses' ministry, if they escape not, if they escape not, who, who refused him that spake on earth? See, God came down, that's Exodus chapter 19 and 20, I'm not going to be able to read that. You read it sometime, and especially Exodus chapter 19. God came down and spoke to the people and called, spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to him and he called Moses to come on into the fire in the, in the, in the mountain that was quaking and lighting and thundering. And Moses walked up in there. See, that's why I watched Ten Commandments. You got to see that beard that Moses got. Moses got that long old beard. He stuck that head back there and like that and he walked on up in there. Now, you may, you, you, you may not think that's something, but that's, that's awesome that God just had. You just had thunder and lightning, earthquake, fire come down. The whole mountain on fire. And God tell you to come on in. Come on in. You just think. It sounds it sound like, you know, a piece of cake, right? Just think if he tell you to come on. Moses, come on in. And he told the other people, don't touch the mountain, except you will be killed. Well, Moses, come on in. <laughs> I'll be like, no, <laughs> you come on out. <laughs> Man, y'all, 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 but this thing is real. I'm talking about being a, being a pastor in the presence of the Lord. This is real. I'm telling you, this is so real. I be in my office a lot of time. I'm telling you, and the spirit of God would be so until I be like, I'm thinking something wrong with my glasses. You all thank Renee for all the glasses I get, right? <laughs> yeah, my daughter, my daughter makes sure. She got me some blue ones last. Just like this, and they got blue frames. She said, Dad, you got to wear them. I'm going like, blue frames? Pray for me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I went to the bank. I went to the bank, my bank, and I got some girls in there. They, they from Detroit. And I just found they from the shore. And they says, ooh, yo, 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 uh, what they call it, uh, your accent is loud. <laughs> and I'm going like, uh, what do that mean? It's, it's noticeable. She said, you from the, you from the south, aren't you? 
I said, how did you know? <laughs> I just love the Lord. I love having fun. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. I just love having the fun. And I, I would think after 55 years, I should have kind of mellowed out a little bit, you know. But I reckon once you get it, you got it, man. Now, my wife got it better than I do. We argue about that all the time. She said, I'm from the city. <laughs> let's move on. I got to finish this. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Now, I want, I, I want to read this because verse 25 is what I'm going to go. Let's go back there. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they refuse not, if they, if they escape not, who refused him that spake on earth. See, Israel refused it. I'm going to show you that Acts chapter 7. We go to that next. Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. So Paul would let him know whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shall shake not only the earth, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more signify the removing of those things which are shaken as those things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now you got to know all this has to be done because Peter told us that. Peter told us all that stuff going to be burned up. That's why we don't have no Old Testament no more. Even the temple was torn down. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he, he tore down the temple. There was an earthquake. The, even the veil of the temple was torn in twain. See, you go back and read it. That was an earthquake. So you got to understand all that was torn down. See, now we are the temple of God. See, old things are passed away. People still don't think it has happened. All right? Now watch what Paul told them. Verse number 28. Wherefore... We receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace. Now, this the kingdom is the kingdom of God, dear son, Colossians 1.13. Put, put it on the screen. Can you come back right here to Hebrew 12.28? Let's look at Colossians 1.13. I want you to read that with me. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. So you have to know where you are now, not where you're going. Read it, read it who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So God has already translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. But we got to understand that's who Christ is. He's already translated. How many know you in Christ? How many know Christ in you? Well, the Holy Ghost has already translated. You are not in the flesh anymore. I gave you Colossians chapter number 2, verse 20. Every one of them verses will tell you, I am crucified with Christ. That's the, Galatians 2, 20. That's the old man. I am dead. That's the old man. See, you are a new creation. I don't think you understand. You are not a, you know, like you get an old car and put an engine in it. That's not who you are. You are a brand new creation. Brand new. You're not the old anymore. You see, that's why you're going to talk about sanctification. You may not get rid of the accent, hallelujah, <laughs> but you got to get rid of the lifestyle. Amen. Come on, clap your hand. That's what he's talking about. 
You're a new creation. The old man, the, the new man in you is supposed to dominate the outside man. Cause it got, he got to come up. The, old, the new man in you got to come up to outgrow the old man. Until the old man don't even exist because he's already dead. He had no power. All right. Verse 28. Wherefore we receive in the kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptable with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. All right. Now that's all I want to give you there. I want to show you that because I want to show you how the, how the, the vision came down uh, to, the, to the Apostle Paul. All right. Now let's go to uh, Habakkuk 2.1. I got about 12, 12 minutes. The Old Testament Habakkuk, so you got to start at Daniel and come forward. Uh, start at Matthew and back up, whichever, Habakkuk. All right. These are the guys who... Uh, well, I can't talk about that right now. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1. Now, in chapter 1, you had the complaint. I'm not going to read the complaint in chapter 1, but Habakkuk had a, a complaint about justice. And then when he got into chapter 2, the Lord is going to give him how he's going to handle that. See, Habakkuk is a type, uh, for them said, is Christ. And it's just like as the prophet, God was, had all these problems with the people, and Habakkuk was giving us how he's going to handle it. And the way he's going to handle it is he's going to give the people vision. I want somebody to find me in the verse of scripture where there's no vision. See, you got to understand, you got to understand, when a people go to a church where there's no vision, they don't change. You cannot change in a church where there's no vision. I don't care how, how good the preacher preach. Because you don't never know what he preached. If you ever ask the people, say, I don't know what he preached, but that man can preach. <laughs> then you say, well, what did he say? I don't know what he said. He said, man, that guy can preach. That guy can hoop. He can bend. You know, they put this guy, Lord knows, I, I don't know who did that to him. But they put this guy on, 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 on the Facebook. Some of y'all might have seen it. And his poor pit wasn't built down. This, this, this one here weighed... <laughs> This one here, y'all saw that already? Anybody see it? I watch my wife Facebook sometimes. Now, this poor pit weighs more than you do, more than me too, me and you together. This is real. But this poor pit this guy had, he kept on bagging off on it and holding on. You know how he hold that poor pit? And he, was, well, he was all the way back like he was, Minister Ball, he was bent back, boy. And he, he, he went back too far, and the poor pit came on over. And all, all of his stuff, all of his stuff on there, just piled all on it. And the pulpit fell on I mean, I don't, I don't, and the people come running around the side there just like, what happened? I, don't, I just can't believe they would put that on there by the pastor. I just want to see you laugh. I love to see you laugh. Give the Lord a great big hand. All right, where well, there's no vision, what you're going to find? That's in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 29, let's go to it right now. Uh, hold, hold your finger in, in Habakkuk chapter 2. I got eight minutes now. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs at the end of Psalms. You got Proverbs chapter 29. Now you need to mark this in your Bible. I got a new Bible breaking it in. So you get a chance to get a lot of scripture because I'm trying to renew my mind here too of what I got. Proverbs 29, what verse? 
In verse number 18, we want to put that on the screen, Proverbs 29, 18. He told you what happens when there's no vision. Now, I'm, I want to do this one out of the King James and the NLT because I want to be able to show both of those. Let's read it out of the King James Version first. Read with me. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So what happens when you go to a church with no vision? The people. The people, is, is, the people suffers. See, where, where there, watch this, where there is vision, there will be provision. See, that's, what, that's why I said the people perish. Well, there's no vision. See, God can only provide if you already have vision. So where there is vision, whoever he gave vision, he will give provision. See why that's so important? So you don't want to be somewhere where they don't have a vision. And then you're asking God, Lord, my God shall supply. He's not going to supply. You don't have a vision. All right, I'm going to read that out of the NLT. Proverbs. You enjoying the word. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 18. We, we, we're going to read it out of the... You got the NLT up there? Is that the NLT? All right, watch what it says. When people do not accept divine guidance, what's, what's vision? See, you got, if you hear what he's saying, if you didn't know it was vision, he's, he's changed the word from vision to divine guidance. See, that's what vision is. It's divine direction. It's divine guidance. It's divine instruction. It's divine. Everything God is giving you is called vision. All right? But he said, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. They perish. They run wild. One, one Bible says they go back to their own old lifestyle. They go back to their old way of living. But whosoever obey the law is joyful. So, so but, but that's, that's what they do when you don't have a vision. You can't live right if you don't have a vision. So you go to a church where there's no vision, you can't live right because you don't have nothing to follow. You don't have no direct. It's just like in a home where, where, where everybody do what they want to do. Let, I believe that alone. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. I'm, I'm, let me make sure I keep this down. I'm, I'm better than now. So you got to understand in a house, you, you, you gotta, that's what you got to have a vision. When you don't have a vision in your house, watch this. Everybody do what they want to do. See, when mom and dad stand up and say, well, you can't do that here, they're letting you know we have a vision here. And a part of our vision is you be home for 12. <laughs> well, I reckon I just move out. Well, I reckon you do. <laughs> See, that's all they're telling you. We got a vision here. We believe in God to provide for our household. So if you believe in God to provide for your house, you can't let everybody in the house do what they want to do. Come on, clap your hand. I'm trying to help you out. You know, I love you. I want you to do what you got to do, but, but don't mess, mess things up with us and the Lord. All right, here we go. Proverbs, I mean Habakkuk chapter 2, and I'm not going to be able to read. I got to go all the way down to verse 4 because I don't have time. Verse 4, we're going to go Habakkuk 2 and verse 4. His soul, behold, his soul, which, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, 
but the just shall live by faith. Can you see it says his soul is not upright in him? His soul is not. Let me show you a verse in Job chapter 9, verse 2. Quickly, Reverend. Look at Job chapter 9, verse 2. I, if you get a chance, I want you to read, if you got an NLT Bible, I want you to read out of, read Job, start with verse number chapter 6. Read chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, okay? And you're just going to laugh because Job is going to, all stuff Job going through, he's going to be talking to his friend and he's going to, he, he, listen. But he's not going to accuse God falsely. But look at Job chapter 2. I'm sorry, chapter 9. I'm in Proverbs, man. That's, you ain't going to find that in that Proverbs, brother. Uh, Job chapter 9. So if you get a chance, you want to read that. Start verse chapter 6, okay? And read out the NLT. I mean, he's going to tell God, man, leave me alone. I mean, Job chapter 2. Job chapter 9, verse 2. But the key is, is what we're going to get on justification. This is why in this verse, Job said unto the Lord in verse, in verse number 1, he says, I know it is so of a truth. He said, I know this is true. But how shall a man be just with God? Now that is the Old Testament. And, and what remember Job pretty much was before Abraham or during the time of Abraham, so he was way back there. But he didn't have the, the Bible. So he's asking the question. How, should, how can a man be right with God? So now you know why Jesus came. Now you know Paul's answer, how to be right with God. See, all through the Bible, that's what we're going to get on when I get on justification. I'm going to show you some, some good treasure scriptures. All right? Now let's go to the book of Acts chapter 13. I can't show you the more in Habakkuk. I, I, I can't. Acts 13, look at 38. Because Paul offered this vision to Israel and they rejected it. That's how you got it. That's how you got the vision. Acts 13, 38. Acts chapter 13, verse 38. See, this is why you're going to know people are not following the vision. Acts 13, 38. That whole 13 chapter is good. But verse 38, here we go. He said, be it known unto you therefore, Israel, men and brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Through this man. See, all this stuff, all this stuff they've been doing to get forgiveness, Paul is letting them know, I have the vision. Because through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things for which they could not be justified by the law of Moses. So he letting them know, listen, I have the vision from the Lord and what you're doing is not right. All right. Then he's going he to really talk to them, but I can't get into that. Let's go down in, in verse 44. See, all that's good, but I, I don't have time to read it all. Verse 44, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken, watch this, by Paul contradicting and blaspheming. Because Paul let them know we didn't need all this stuff we're doing no more. Christ would give us forgiveness of sin. He's already died for our sins. 
So verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should have been first spoken to you, but seeing you put it forth from you, you judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light, this was Paul, to the Gentile, that thou should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, he didn't say to Israel, to the ends of the earth now. And when the Gentile heard this, they were glad. They glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as was deigned to eternal life, did one thing. They believed. They didn't go get water baptized. They did one thing. What was it? They believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the regions. And that's what happened. Then, then after that, there come the Jews back again, stirring up the people. See, that's what you got to understand. All that had to do is, 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 is believe. And that's what you got to understand in, in the body of Christ. Stand up on your feet. We're going to stop right there. But that's what God wants you to do is believe the gospel. All this stuff that people are telling you to do. Matter of fact, one day I did. I already apologized. I told Sister Sheriff folk. I baptized Sister Sheriff folks. I don't know if she's in here today, but I baptized Sister Sheriff folk in cold water. i never forget that. I had my waiters on. Sister Sheriff folks here. Hello, Sister Sheriff. I, I baptized. I baptized my dear daughter over there in cold. Sister, Sister Dale, that water was so cold. And then I, I apologized to her when I did it because I had on waders, you know, and I could feel how cold it was. The guy's supposed to have the water. So I couldn't blame them, but I, they sort of hold, had the water on. But the water wasn't, you know, like Sister Brace will say. I, yeah, there you go. That's, all right. And the water was cold. All right. But it was cold that day. And I apologize, Sister Cheryl. I apologize from right here. You know, and some of you, I, I, I baptized some of you out there in the park, in the water, in the sand. And they got the water. Sister Cheryl, they all got the water. They had sand all over their hair. And I apologize. For, I didn't have to do you like that. You know, thank you for staying with me. Get a lot of great big hands. Appreciate it. You know, I... That's why, that's why I read to you this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, we'll close out with that verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. We're going to close out that verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Because Paul, Paul told them he did not send me to baptize. See, you got to understand, you get saved by hearing someone preach the gospel of Christ, not being water baptized. But churches are filled even right now while I'm speaking. 1 Corinthians 1, 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So God did not send Paul. If, we're going, if you're going to follow Paul's vision, then you can't be baptized. See, that's when God showed me all of this. Freaked me out. I'm going like my wife told me, don't talk to me no more. I, I am serious. Didn't you, wife? I told my wife, I said, we're not going to baptize no more. She said, honey, you just started serving communion. And the people left the church. He said, now you're going to tell me you're not going to baptize them? I said, that's what the Bible says. That's, that's the vision, Paul. He said, you'll be talking about Paul. How are we going to pray for this church? All the folk leaving. He said, honey, don't you see the folks leaving? 
but God. When you obey God, and my, my wife will tell you, my wife will tell you, I came to her with some tough thing God was showing me. And my wife shook my head and she said, Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. If you can believe that, you can be saved. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.